Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to Friends with Friends. Uh, my name's Pete and here's Dave. Ahoy. 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 Keep it brief. <laughs> I'm not in isolation. Dave's not ill. Everything's fine. We are back to normal. I'll tell you what, it's also weird actually. We are back to normal in a number of different ways because having spent the last two weeks quite intensely analysing the alternate reality episodes of Friends, it was a bit weird to start talking, to like to start watching one that's just in Actual the normal, friends. Yeah, the normal yeah. world again. I was like, oh yeah. This is this is it, isn't it? This is this is this is what we know and love. This is what we're used to. It is the one with Rachel's inadvertent kiss today. Uh, have we a request, Peter? Yes, and it would be very organised if I had that to hand, wouldn't it? Do you know what? It's actually two. One of whom only requested it like last month, but because it was already in the queue. <sighs> A good roulette game, that isn't it, to uh, try and see if you can pick a, a, an episode that you think is going to be upcoming and add your name to it, then you get your name on the podcast. So wait one second while I find yeah, it. Right. Edit point. Twitter. Edit, edit point. Edit, edit point. I'm almost definitely leaving that in. Oh no, well it's not an edit point then, is it? Hey, I found it. Danny says, she says, please can you add... The one with Rachel's inadvertent kiss to the list. It's the one with the fantastic moment where Ross pretends to watch TV and Rachel accidentally kisses her future boss. Love the podcast. That is a very succinct, S- succinct uh, request. but efficient request. I yeah, I like that. Well done, Danny. Yes. Um, and then the other person who requested it is on Instagram. And you're now listening to me search for them. <laughs> <laughs> Searching Instagram, Instagram, <laughs> searching Instagram. Why is that song in your head? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? It's just the first one that came to my head when I... The first song <laughs> is... Is it Casey is and the Sunshine Band? Baby, give it up, give it give up. Give it up, baby, give it up. Honestly don't know why that came into my head. Casey and the Sunshine Band do get referenced in Friends, though, so it is all on top. Do they? Ross is taking a message from someone called Casey in that bit where they've split up, and he goes, how are, we, and how are we spelling Casey? Is it like at the bat or and the Sunshine Band? Oh, yeah, okay. And then Chandler goes, is it Chandler? Yeah, Chandler goes, well, I'm guessing she wants to, you know, just do a little dance, make a little love, and pretty much get down tonight. Oh, yeah, okay. Quite a lot of references to Casey and the Sunshine Band in Friends, mate, turns out. Yeah, that was worth the wait, wasn't it? Um... <laughs> So, Kalinda says, 
Hi. Love the podcast so much. You guys are the best. Stop it. Oh, you guys. I wanted to request the one with Rachel's inadvertent kiss. I just love all three of the episode arcs. Joey and the hot... Well, I mean, Kalinda is about to do your job here, Dave. Fine. Uh, Joey and the hot girl in Ross's building. Yep. Monica competing with Phoebe's new relationship. Yep. Uh, which is with Gary. And Rachel's into it, Rolf Loren. Uh, and it's the first time you see Mr. Zelma. Did you say Rolf Loren? Ralph. <laughs> Rolf. Rolf? You might say Rolf, but that's fine. Rolf Loren. <laughs> his brother. Um, yes, okay, no, that's that's fair. Do, do you need, I mean, you don't need really to do the sub. Ah, Kalinda's done your job for you. Well, I will tell you though, 467667. So oh, yeah. Stick that in your production code, pipe and smoke it. That's quite aggressive. There's quite a lot to discuss, I'd say, actually, in this episode. Meaty one to get into. There's a lot in each thing. I mean, I mean we should start, shouldn't we, before we get into any of the main plots. I guess it's a precursor to the Rachel kiss thing. But just before the credits, not often that we get to sound a handjob joke before the credits alarm. Yes! <laughs> I, yeah, handjob joke into like directly into the credits as well. Right, exactly. They're doing handshake practice. Monica yeah. shakes Phoebe's hand too hard and she says... Uh, put it this way, I'm glad I'm not Chandler. And everyone looks a bit, like, awkward. And uh, Chandler looks, yeah, almost a little bit pained. So maybe yeah. maybe that is, yeah. But Firm grip. Again, you know, straight into it. 9pm, episode starts. What's that? A handjob joke. Definitely wouldn't have got that whilst watching it the first time, though, probably, you know? No, you had to be of a certain age. Mm, absolutely. I just thought, well, do Monica and Chandler shake hands a lot? And that hurts his hand. Good <laughs> Uh, the other only other thing to say before we get to the credits and then into the main bulk of the episode is the very first line of this episode is one of those lines that I would never have ever noticed before doing this podcast. But Rachel walks into Central Perk and goes, oh, good, you're all here. They're always all here. <laughs> like, like, yeah, fair point. What a weird throwaway line to just be like, uh, oh, good, guys, the television program can start because we're all on set it's it's just it was just sort of chimed slightly odd because everybody's always everywhere aren't they yeah if you're one of those six people you should have some confidence that when you go in there at least i'd say three of them will be there yeah exactly it's not a surprise to walk into central perk and find some of those people there is it no, not uh, right so where do you want to start then should we start with joey and the hot girl uh yeah okay because yeah that's probably the briefest isn't it uh so we pick this up where so ross has just moved into his new apartment hasn't he so this is the start of yeah uh, as has been mentioned mr zelna's first appearance but also really the first proper appearance of uh that apartment isn't it i know they look around it but this is ross's first uh episode in that new apartment the the, the ugly naked guy apartment which i guess is why it's so feasible that joey should not immediately recognize the front door he's walking up to as ross's Yes, I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah, and, and and there's the bit, isn't there, where he's taken the 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 three B off the door because of all the palaver with the handyman. So there's a couple of moments in this episode actually where, you know, we're in series five now, so we're not quite at peak Joey stupidity. But right at the start, he makes reference, doesn't he, to the Ralph Lauren underwear? Yes, and how he's worn size XS. Yes, and he said there's no room for anything excess there or something. So. So that's a sort of one of those ones where it's, oh, isn't Joey stupid? But that is not understanding basic clothing sizes, isn't it? Yeah, how's he ever bought any clothes? Yes, exactly. Uh, and then this one, so, I mean, this is skipping ahead basically right to the end when when Monica does successfully identify the apartment because he's counting eight across on the third floor or something and she's like, no, it's second of floor two, you know, whatever it is. Now, the way she explains it is that, like, I understand why he'd counted strangely across because of the lobby, 
I don't understand. It doesn't ever explain how he can't count to two. Yeah, he can't. He can't count how many floors. Yeah, she's up because even if there's a ground floor that's not got any apartments on, as soon as you walk into that building, you would know, wouldn't you? You'd be like, <laughs> okay, there's, there's another floor here. Like you, you know what floor you're on, unless it starts underground or something, which feels very unlikely. Yeah, well, you could have just you could have explained that away really quickly by being like, oh, well, that bit's the basement. Or yes, whatever, exa- and they exactly. Choose not to do that. Yeah. No, it's very strange, isn't it? Uh, so yeah, so it, the counting across is is plausible, but the counting up is is again Joey's stupidity, isn't it? Because that's just using your brain. Yeah. Also, these apartments are tiny because there's one point where it's like the shot of the three front doors, and they're all like right next to each other. It's like they all live in cupboards. Yeah, it's like a hotel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they have. There's a sort of a maze of just very, very small. But but when you go into Ross's and Hot Girl Brackets Jen's apartment, it's big bloody place. massive, isn't it? Yeah, big place. Where's that on the front door going? Into his kitchen? Which Ross would obviously have to be... I know it's always said about Monica being able to afford that apartment, but Ross being able to afford that one, paleontology pays well, doesn't it? Doesn't it, though? Yeah, he must have got good money when he... Is he teaching at NYU by now? I can't really remember. It's hard to, to, to gauge, isn't it? But... Yeah, being a university professor pays big bucks, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, but that's sort of spooling all the way back to this storyline, right? Like, it's a storyline that I think we're all just very familiar with, aren't we? Joey waving at the hot girl, it seems like, oh, and he's going and he's trying to find her. But it's a lot of strange things when you really look into it. Like, what's the woman doing in the first place, just standing at the window waving at people? Yes, and also... the. Ross is also overlooked by more apartments than just Monica and Rachel's. Yes. So, like, other neighbours, like, on that side, are going to think Ross is, like, absolutely mad. Yeah, 100%. I mean, is there just... This is where our knowledge of the New York, you know, the New York blackouts... Is is our knowledge of New York... Is there a lot of just neighbour waving? It's like how in lockdown, people put signs in their windows to sort of ask the name of a cat. Yes, exactly. From opposite. Yeah, right, exactly. It's all of that. So maybe that's been going on in the high-rises of New York for a long time. And actually, there there are more people standing in windows waving and putting on little shows than we think. Yeah, maybe. But... It does strike me as odd that she's just sort of stood there with a cup of tea or coffee or whatever, just sort of waiting for people to wave at. But even if she's just having a look at the view, there's no view, it's just the building opposite. How quickly does she invite a man over that she literally has mimed it through a window for 10 seconds? Yeah, she's well up for it, isn't <laughs> well, she? Well, I don't want to judge anyone here, but like Joey is a, a pest, obviously. But like she's like, yeah, yeah, all right, you, you've waved at me. Yeah, pop on over. I mean, and there's, there's obviously the inevitable plot hole of what Joey should have just done is sort of, they, they could have just mimed a phone number, right? Rather yeah, than sure. all the faff. But we can overlook that. Um, so Joey goes over the first time, he can't find the apartment, he starts wandering around and later on, uh, whilst he's consoling Rachel, there's a funny moment, isn't it? Where he's like, oh, hot girl's back. <laughs> and uh, Joey's pushing <laughs> yeah. Rachel into the chair is, is really funny. Uh, but he goes back over to the window and tries again. He gets Ross's apartment for the second time. And then, yeah, then so I actually really like this plot, even though it's a bit bit odd, but the writing and the tying in of all the bits with Ross meeting the hot girl in the, in the lobby, going on a date with her, the payoff of when Ross is then eventually in her apartment, Joey has finally found the right one, and Ross opens the door. It's so good, isn't it? And you can kind of, I think the audience like hear that coming as well, don't yes. they? They see it coming because they kind of laugh just the moment that she says, oh, can you get the door for you me? Can, you, can, you, can, you can, yeah, there's such an anticipatory laugh, isn't there, before you get to it. And it's the way that it just all comes together is just really satisfying, isn't it? I would say from Ross's perspective that dating someone in your building feels like a bad idea. 
Yeah, yeah. But I mean, from the way he's kissing that number when he gets it in the lobby, he feels like he needs it, doesn't it? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> feels like he hasn't been on the date for a while. I'd say what I would say is this is a good Ross episode. Yes, it is, actually. He doesn't do much, but I really like the silly side of Ross just dancing around and pretending to... Like, the pretending to watch TV is, is great. Like, it's it's a proper, non-problematic, lovely, chilled side of Ross. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And, implausibly, he manages to chat a girl up quickly and efficiently and get her number. Yes, he doesn't behave completely madly, does he? No. He's, he's quite sort of... Well... Yeah, quite normal. Yeah, yeah, fairly normal, and he makes that funny little noise when he's chatting her up. But apart from that, it's it's a fairly smooth chatting up transaction, as it were. Do you know what I mean? It's like quick and efficient. The only cringy thing he does is he has to sort of eat her number, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is a good just bit of like shrimmer physicalness. Actually, talking of like the physical side of that, just before he starts chatting to Jen in the in, by the mailboxes, the guy that puts up the poster of Joey the sort of wanted artist's impression, barges Ross out of the way, like, quite violently. He <laughs> doesn't say excuse me or anything. He just sort of barges in to put this poster up. It's really odd. Well, Ross is quite unpopular in his building, isn't he? Yeah, but then he starts talking to him quite nicely, doesn't he? But I don't know. It's just, you know, strange social like etiquette, isn't it? And then my my other absolute favourite bit, again, in the same way it's a good Ross episode, I think it's a good Chandler episode, because he's not really involved in any of the storylines. I mean, he is in this sort of competitive sexing, as it were, but uh, it's, that's driven by Monica, and he's a bit of a comedy bystander, isn't he? Yeah. But his only contribution to this plot line, which is probably the best moment of the whole episode, is where Chandler goes, I gotta check out this hot girl, and starts <laughs> running to the window, and then dances around and goes, there she is, and points at Monica. And it's so good. You can see Jennifer Aniston, like, sort of duck out of shot. Almost yeah, like, she laughs, she, doesn't she? She starts to laugh, yeah. Um, it's great. It's just It's just a really nice little, fun, silly Chandler episode as well, isn't it? Phoebe and Gary, Monica and Chandler, competitive sex. Yes, Gary's arranged a date with Phoebe while on duty, which I guess it's um, it doesn't seem therefore surprising that he's got to sort of bin it off. Yeah, it feels a unprofessional and b disrespectful to Phoebe. Yeah, Especially, you're working, mate. Yeah, you're right. working. Just arrange a date for when you're not working. Yeah, it's hard to watch Gary episodes knowing how it ends now, isn't it? Like Gary's just a bit of a shit, and it, that all comes across more and more when you sort of backtrack his personality well she's really taken by him though isn't she well hence they move in in like a week where's gary for pete on the attractiveness scale uh, she's uh, really enamored with him isn't she like is he is he is no it, i no, is he fit? He's, he's he, i don't fit. think i don't think he's good looking no i don't think he's good but, but you're, you're more of the expert on this than no me. you can still pass judgment on whether someone's attractive yeah well, i don't think he is that's why i was asking is no homo I'm, is this is, <laughs> is there something I'm missing? You know, a raw sexual uh, magnetism or anything? No, I don't. I don't think there is. That. I think I'd say that he's. I think he's punching with Phoebe. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And also Michael Rappaport that plays Gary is fucking nuts. Isn't yeah, he? what happened with him? <laughs> he just became so many things. He just became an absolute internet nutter, didn't he? Right. Yeah. He's like a. I don't. I don't know. I can't even remember which camp he falls into. He's a mad anti-vaxxer or just a mad nutter. But he's he's gone. He's he's having a lot of. He's he's, he's on. Twitter or Instagram all the time, isn't he? Just like people going, here's Michael Rappaport shouting at someone or doing something mad. Yeah, I feel like I've seen it a few times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's clearly a bit of a, a madman. Um, but yeah, so Phoebe's really taken with Gary. Uh, and then Monica takes offence, doesn't she, when Phoebe implies that Monica and Chandler are past that sort of 
fun, sexy honeymoon phase of their relationship, which obviously they clearly are. But Monica's sort of competitive element kicks in, and she's she's really she really takes against it, doesn't she? Yeah, she does, um, and seems to see it as some sort of. Well, it seems to be a bit of a reality check for her that she's sort of in a much more serious relationship. Yeah, and it takes Chandler to point that out at the end, though, doesn't it, really? That is the way this this plot line resolves is really quite sweet, where Chandler talks her around. We'll, get, we'll sort of get onto that when we get to the, the conclusion of it. Chandler, When Chandler comes into the apartment, then <laughs> she's just had this conversation with Phoebe, and Chandler walks in again and just goes, Hey, Monica, here's your broom back. He's also sort of uh, halfway through a mouthful. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like deeply unsexy, giving her back a, an item that, that, you know, there's nothing to go on and she, she jumps him. Again, like Chandler has about six contributions this whole episode and they're all really funny. There's also that moment a little bit later where uh, they are, what's the expression? Post-coitus. Yeah. And it's uh, <laughs> a very unsexy term, isn't it? <laughs> friends with friends, taking any sexiness out of anything. But for something that is literally referring to sex, post, like, coitus is a horrible word. Yeah, it's a very clunky word, isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm going to stop saying coitus. Yeah, please. Um, and like, oh, that was amazing. And they're both, like, out of breath. But he's sat there wearing, like, really dirty sports socks <laughs> and a dressing gown that looks like it belongs to Scrooge. It's one of my favourite things in all of TV and film is how people portray post-sex scenes. Cause- it's like you have to go, like... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but you're also doing the big breath that you would do immediately after sex, having already got dressed into something television appropriate. You know what I mean? Like, he's, Unless that's what they were wearing. Well, yeah, he's put, he's, yeah, exactly. He's either had sex in the dressing gown or he's gone and put the dressing gown and socks back on. Yeah. Neither of which I would say are, again, I mean, about as sexy as coitus. Oh, well, also, there's that bit, isn't there, where it's revealed that Gary and Phoebe have shagged in a park. Yeah. Um, because Phoebe's got a twig in her hair, right? Yeah. So they were, like, lying down in the park. Were they just under some, like, under some bushes? Like, what? Yeah, I know, I know. The the the, the practicalities of it defies belief, doesn't it, really? They, they were on their way to dinner and they, yeah, what completely went full horizontal, as it were, almost on the, the floor of the park. Sounds like they were cruising. That's what it sounds yeah. like. Sounds yeah. like they were doing a bit of dodgy. Absolutely. It's just for, for a policeman as well. Yes, well, exactly. You know, very disrespectful. Again, Gary's a dick. That's, yeah. what, we can, that's what we can get Double out standards. Of Monica invites Phoebe and Gary to the movies, right? And Phoebe says they've, they can't because they've got plans. But it turns out their plans are just having sex all day. That's yeah. not plans, is it? That's what you do when you don't have plans. Like, Yeah, lack of plans. Also, if you're that desperate to have sex all day, go and have sex now. You're with Gary. Why are you just sitting in the coffee shop bragging about having sex to Monica? Well, so if you've, um, if you've had sex all day, yeah. you, this is... and um, <laughs> Just trying to word this in the right way. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you want a bit of a rest... There's, 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 an, there's an unrealistic portrayal often, isn't there, of people banging loads yeah. for hours and hours and hours. Let's <laughs> like, have a night off, it's fine. <laughs> just have a bit of time off, bit of respite, go to dinner, then go home and bang. Like, yeah. there's no, th- th- that's what I mean, there's no reason to not go to the movies with your best friends because you're like, well, what if we just want to have sex loads more today? Like, there's, there's always time for sex. That's the friends with friends motto. They can, um, They've already referenced uh, hand jobs and public sex, so right. go to the cinema and just, you know, wank him off. Well, 
make your lives better today. If you'll subscribe to our podcast. You know, it's all about how to get the most out of your partner. And we're partners. So we know all about it. It's good. Get it wherever you want to get it when you go and get it from your podcast place. Richard and Greta. You know? You know? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sorry, I had to play the ad there because I, I just... <laughs> Like they really tickled me. Go to the cinema and wank him off. There you go. And they did a little bit of a respite. There you go. Don't do that. But, Don't. No, no, no. Well, but yeah, like look, they've banged in the park on the way to dinner. They could just bang in the park on the way to the movies. Like well, just, exactly. Just, just, just schedule it in a bit, lads. You know, no, oh, schedule it in. Just fit it in. A, you know what I mean. There's Darling, it's time for sex. There's time to do it. Well, that's very Monica, actually. To be fair, isn't it? That's true. In fact, she does that at Phoebe's, Phoebe's uh, wedding, yeah. Wedding, yeah. Absolutely, see? Uh, so, yeah, M- Monica's getting very competitive. She makes Chandler have lots of sex with her, and then they eventually go to dinner. She does find out that they banged in the park. She tries to jump Chandler in the men's room. Um, and Which is always thought of as a very sexual place. Yeah, Chandler's response to that is, uh, no, and if I did, I don't think we'd be together. Yeah. Very funny. Um, and then, yeah, basically Chandler talks Monica around. This is how this bit sort of concludes isn't it it's quite sweet and he basically says i mean he basically says look we've got an actual good relationship mate we're not just you know it's not just a sex fest with a bird murderer you know like we're, we're, <laughs> this, is, this is good would you rather have less exciting sex with your future husband yeah. or have loads of sex with someone who murdered birds <laughs> exactly exactly uh and then no, that's uh, a direct I'm, I'm actually asking dave oh is that oh that was a- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't, but now I want the answer. Uh, new talking point. Uh, answer us and we'll read out your answers on correspondence this Sunday. <laughs> Who would you rather shack? Uh, anyone. I, honestly, I don't judge many people for many things, but if anyone did say I'd rather have hot sex with a bird murderer briefly, yeah. I would want to talk to them and sort of follow that train of thought, you know? Yeah. Should we move on to Rachel's kiss? Uh, yes, let's do that. 
So, yeah, as we said, first appearance of Mr. Zelna. There's a joke in this bit. I don't know. I know exactly what you're going to (laughs) say. It's the first thing that Joey Joey? says. Yes. When when Rachel comes in, she says that her interview went badly. And Joey says something like, oh, did you tell him you wanted to have sex with his wife, then fall right out of your chair? My friend Lizzie, who who listens to this podcast a lot, suggested a quiz round for us for one of our next quizzes, which was basically friends... Like, you basically do 10 quotes, and some of them are real friends quotes, and some of them aren't. But the ones that are real are mad ones that you've just you would never really clock as friends quotes. And for me, this is absolutely classic of this. I was like, I don't remember that line ever being said in my life. If you said that to me out of nothing, I'd be like, what's that? What's that fucking from? And when it came, it absolutely clanged like a train, didn't it? It was mad. I mean, if it's, if it's literally like the joke is that obvious. So he's saying like, Oh, did it go really badly? Like, for example, did you show an interest in his wife and then fall off your chair? Uh, Wouldn't that be embarrassing? But the way he says it, it, it sounds like he's referencing something really specific. Yes. Like we should know what he's referring to. Yeah, either like a famous thing that's happened in the movie or something, or is he talking about something that's happened to him? Do you know what I mean? Maybe like, this is some reference to some like big, very well-known like thing that happens in a film. And if it is, then do tell us. A pop culture reference that we've just missed. Yeah. Because yeah, otherwise it's mad. Well, here's the thing. All right, so I, I went back to the original scripts for this. And in the long, you know, the longer versions that appear on DVD sometimes. So... Yeah, in this version, it just then cuts to Chandler going. So what happened? Which is equally mad that they're just glossing over Joey's mad line. But the original script goes: Joey says, "Did you tell the guy you wanted to have sex with his wife, then fall right out of your chair?" Which, as you say, what the fuck? Then uh, she goes, "No." And Joey goes, "Did you get drunk on the way over there?" Rachel says, "No." And he says, "Well, that explains why you didn't do that other stuff then." It's right. Even more baffling, if anything. Like it's <laughs> at least ties it up a bit, but. What? <laughs> Still really odd. It's really out of nothing, isn't it? It's And it sticks out in that scene like a sore thumb as well. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely nuts. It, it adds it adds nothing to anything. Jennifer Aniston is such a star in episodes like this though, isn't she? Yeah. She carries the sort of it's it's basically a one person plot line, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? She's she's doing all the heavy lifting. Zelna's like the the comedy foil, but it's all Aniston, isn't it? Yeah, and even like in the scenes where he sort of, well, eventually like offers her the job and things, he doesn't really say that much at all. Like it's basically like a monologue of her convincing him. Yeah, and that's, that's Jennifer it. Aniston being hilarious and and him reacting basically, isn't it? Yeah. Here's the thing that I would say, right? And I don't know if Rachel, when telling the story to Chandler and Joey, would have betrayed this, but in the flashback version, we see when when she does kiss Mister Zellner. He's far too close to her. Oh, yeah. He's <laughs> leaning in really weird. He's leaning right past her face. Like, for a person that's just had a first professional meeting with someone of the opposite sex, and he's a position, you know, a man in a position of power, blah, blah, blah. Like, just let her open the door, mate. Yeah, while she's up against a door as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's pinned up against the, the wall or door, effectively, and he's leaning right past, like, if two heads are ever close enough that a kiss is even possible something's yeah. gone wrong yes you're yeah exactly i think that's fair and 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 she could feel as aggrieved by that as her embarrassment about kissing him accidentally you know rachel has a really tough time with mr selden doesn't she because there's this whole problem mm. then there's that confusion over him like buying her, buying baby. her baby and then he fires her really suddenly because she has the audacity to go for an interview with another place yeah um like he 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 seems to for someone who seems quite sort of straight-laced, seems to, you know, be quite awkward. He gets embroiled in a lot of situations that he doesn't need to, doesn't he, you know? Also, he's in Friends 
for a long time, isn't it? I mean, I know he's not in it loads, but mm. if are we in, we're in season five, aren't we? Season five, and he's in it right till the end, isn't he? The very end when mm. she leaves. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, he's he's a, a really long staying character, considering in about a season's time we're going to say goodbye to Susan. The fact yeah. that Mr. Zellner hangs on till the end is is quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, and Ben Ross's own son is barely in it towards <laughs> the end. Stupid yeah. Ben. Then we have the old classic uh, friends trope of quite important information being passed to somebody that just picks up the phone. <laughs> like we had it in the one that could have been last week where Phoebe gets fired, but her boss only tells Ross on the phone. And this week, uh, a guy from Ralph Lauren called and just told Monica that she's got a second interview. Like, why are people always telling random friends and roommates important professional news? Yeah, no, call me back. It's just, well, you'll pass it on for me. It's like with Joey's audition as well when there's exactly. that confusion over Chandler not telling you. Correct. It's like, I was trying to think back, is this how life l- used to work with landlines? I'm, I'm sure people just used to say, oh, they're not in. Can you ask them to call me back, please, when they get in? That's that's what you would say if you were Mr. Zellner, right? I think so. You wouldn't just be like, is Rachel there? No. Okay, tell her she's got a second interview and see her on Tuesday at three. Like, I'd worry that that information hadn't got to her. In the end, though, Rachel convinces him to offer the job basically just by saying, I think I'll be really good at it. And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Have it. Despite everything else that's happened. Yeah, that- you saying you think you'll be really good at it? Fill your boots. See the you la- then. Do you remember the last episode of Joey we did? The second, sort of the second to last episode of Joey, right? So if you haven't, if you haven't watched Joey, aka most of you, uh, or, or listen to our uh, Joey with Friends, there's a whole sequence where Joey's doing a big audition, right? And he... Is playing against a woman that he fancies, but she's playing his daughter. And in the middle of the audition scene, honestly, it's, it's absolutely dog shit, Joey. In the middle of the audition scene, he snogs her because he just can't not snog her, right? It's like one of the, pretty much the worst thing he could have done in that interview professionally. Do you know what I mean? He's doing an audition. He snogs the woman supposed to be playing his daughter. and But then he goes back in later and basically goes, sorry, guys, uh, didn't mean to do that. Can I have the part? And they go, yeah, all right. And this is the same thing here, isn't it? It's like... <laughs> It's so implausible that she's done all this stuff and then she just goes, ah, oh, do you know what? Thing is, I would really like this job. And he it's goes, like, go on, go on bloody then. give me it. Yeah. <laughs> go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, it is. Um, but then she gets the job, touches his dick and leaves. Classic. <laughs> I mean, the only other thing to clear up about this plot line is why has she got so much ink on her lip? <laughs> Yes, um, it's like the entire contents of a, of a, a, of a, a Victorian fire. quill has burst on her. <laughs> it's A, like, it's an implausible amount of ink. And B, like, if you were going into a, like, a job interview, you would, probably the last thing you do is just nip to the bathroom and check that you looked all right, right? It's so much that she'd, like, surely taste it. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. When it happened, she, she can't have bitten through a pen and not notice the entire amount of ink hitting her lip, could she? No. But then again, again, right, in the way that Zelda shouldn't have been that close to her in the first place, when he touches her the lip and goes, Rachel, no, 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 just say some words, mate. Just say you have pen on your lip. You have pen on your lip. Uh, when I was reading the script to get that other bit, I noticed the uncut DVD episode extension to this scene. After Rachel walks out of that ink situation... She walks into the waiting room and there's like another candidate waiting there. And she says, if you're going in there to see Mr. Zellner, I hope you're ready to put out. And the candidate goes, I am. <laughs> oh, I would have quite liked that. Yeah, it's quite a funny scene. It could have been in there in place of the bloody weird Joey having sex and falling out of chair thing. 
Yeah, true. Uh, shall we do I quiz? Let's do the quiz. Oh, I was expecting some sort of like music or something. Oh, let's okay, yeah. Do the quiz, do the quiz. Let's do the quiz. Quick, 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 quiz. Yeah, okay. Okay, fine. Uh, question one, yes. courtesy of uh, Fluff Quizzed Amy, uh, is... Did you just say hello? I said hello, Amy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Hello. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, question one is, what number's shown on Ross's door? There isn't a number, is there? That's where all the confusion arises. There is no number. There you go. That's sneaky it. Sneaky question from Amy, that is. A little sneaker son, isn't it? Yeah, she's getting cocky. <laughs> uh, question two. What is Ross eating the second time Joey knocks on his door? I know this. Do you? He's eating a a quite unpleasantly red apple. <laughs> um, correct? Yeah, it is correct. I added the detail of red. Amy didn't even want that. I wouldn't have got so, that, if I'm honest. Uh, question three: What is the hot girl's name? Uh, actually, Amy, we know this because we don't just see women as hot girls. So we registered this in our notes, and we've already talked about it a number of times. It's Jen. Great. <laughs> uh, question four: Where exactly is the hot girl's apartment? Uh, right. So it's either th- it's third floor and second floor and seventh and eighth apartment, and I think Monica's a second floor, seventh apartment from the left. Is correct. Yes, I'm pleased with that. That was that was tricky. And question five: Describe one of the flyers shown near the mailboxes, other than the two hot girl related flyers. Ah. Uh, I didn't notice any of them. One of the flyers. There's two, yeah, there's one saying "hot girl" at Joey's, but and one that's a an e fit of uh, of Joey, as it were. Um, no idea. Uh, candlelit vigil for homeless kids. Okay. Why do they need? Why would they need a vigil if they're homeless? I mean, they're not died. <laughs> like, obviously, they're still in need of charity. But yeah, yes, you wouldn't yes, hold a vigil uh, for someone that hadn't died. It's so funny the details in like these episodes that no one's ever really going to notice unless they have to do a podcast about. Died them. or missing, I can understand. Yeah, okay. homeless, homeless, I can't. No. Uh, getaway to Bayou Country. Okay. Moving sale slash services. Yeah. What does that What does that mean? Moving sale, like a like a. I'm moving out. There's loads of like a. You know. I'm moving out. Come Ga- and get my services. Garage sale, as it were. You know. Uh, lost dog. That one I can understand. Oh, yeah, lost dog classic. Actors wanted. <laughs> Why is Joey not paying attention to that? And then 10% off everything. <laughs> just, just fucking everything. In the Lost world. dogs, homeless kids, 10% off a lot of them. 10% off everything on this board. Uh, and that concludes the quiz. I think it's fair to say we got that one wrong. Yeah. Um, hey, do you want to know where we're going next week? I do, Peter. Yes, please. Uh, well, actually, Fourth Quizard Amy needs to pay attention here. Because the request is from another Amy. Okay. And the other Amy <gasps> she has of... done a quiz. Oh, of course, she has. Amy's do quizzes. So, fluff because of Amy. Um, take a step back for a week. Thank you for your service. You got a week See off. See you in two weeks. Uh, fluff apprentice, Amy. Um, fluff quizzed apprentice. Um, we will uh, we'll do your episode next week, which is... The one where 
Joey tells Rachel. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, which okay. is season eight, episode 16. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember what the other two plot lines are off the top of my head, so holding out hope. <laughs> Find out, won't we? Uh, quick week. update as well, P. We won't do the full statement or anything, but just for people that uh, don't have the Patreon, did Spotty the Fish die or not? Uh, did die, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my parents didn't lie about its death. No, that was genuinely Spotty lost its spots. Fish can change its spots. Mm-hmm. We all learn something every day. I told that story with a lot more... I made that reveal a lot more sort of... Um, I filled it with a lot more tension on yes. correspondence. I didn't just matter-of-factly... Um, you know, all the tension's gone now. Cause- it has, yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? We've, we've passed that point, but I just thought it was... It, it's It's... There's a, there's a lot more to it in the correspondence episode, certainly, if you do want to go back and listen. But um, In the correspondence episode, I listed, like, all the fish I'd ever owned, and yeah. I forgot one. Which one was it? Um, I used to have a fish called Dr. Kenneth Wild Goose, <laughs> um, which is when I lived in a flat in London. We had Dr. Kenneth. Is that, like, a shared fish? Uh, yeah, it was shared between me and my two flatmates. Who is Dr. Kenneth Wild Goose? Is that a reference I should know? It's a fish, no. All right, it's just, it's just a name you made up. Yeah, yeah, we just called it that. But Dr. Kenneth Wild Goose is, of course, now. <laughs> very much so. Well, I can't remember. I can't actually remember what happened to Dr. Ken, so... It's not very responsible of you, is it? No. On that note, the second episode in a row we've ended with the news of dead fish, but um, we will see you next week. <laughs> Let's hold a vigil for the fish. <laughs> the fallen fish. We'll know that this podcast jumped the shark when we do an entire episode. Which is a jump vid- the shark, that's a fish. A vigil to your dead fish, yeah. <laughs> jumped the fish. Uh, see you next week, everybody. Um, yeah, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.